Well, hello everyone. I pray that you can hear me on this evening. Um, we're trying out something new on today, so um, uh, prayfully the sound is coming up. My son and I have um, practiced, so if the sound is not coming up, you, you guys text me, uh, my roommate, my best friend, knock on the door and let me know that you can't hear me. I have a tendency pastor to go through a whole sermon and preach and they never heard me because <laughs> I never hit the sound. So we pray that that's not the case on tonight. Amen. So welcome to Midweek um, Inspirations, Food for the for the, for the Soul. Uh, we are excited on tonight. I'm always excited, but I'm excited tonight. Amen. I'm real excited tonight, by the way. Like really, really, like really over the top excited tonight. Y'all you know what I'm at him. And, and and I am so excited. It's the first night I didn't have to really write anything down. You know, usually I write a little something down. But I don't have to write anything down tonight because the pastor that is coming on tonight is my cousin. <laughs> She's my cousin. And she is from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Pastor Deborah Ote. Amen. I've listened to her on her Bible studies on Wednesdays uh, on Facebook. And um, of course, she's anointed, of course, because we come from the same, you know, stock. So, of course, our grandmother prayed. We were talking about that today, how our grandma was, uh, she was um, on fire for the Lord, Pentecostal, praying woman. And as a result of that, we have a family of preachers and um, uh, teachers and uh, the majority of our cousins, if not all of our cousins, are saved. Amen. So she left a, a legacy. And so I am so excited to have her here on tonight. She inspired me so, she really did, that we even trying it on our Facebook um, uh, page for our church because she inspired me. God is blessing her and her husband, her husband is a, I'm going to tell you, that's a teaching man. I've listened to him as well. And I told him to get ready because I'm going to pray that he will come. The Lord will release him one day to come and share with us because um, he really, really uh, inspired my heart. I've listened to him. He's such a calm, so opposite of me, Pastor Deborah. He's so opposite, but he he's calm. He breaks that word apart and he's inviting and I really enjoyed him. And so I, I pray that he will come. And of course, my cousin, and she will be back as well. And um, not only is she my cousin, but for him, family is Elder Banks. We're all cousins. So Elder Banks, they know her as Elder Banks, Pastor, and myself and Pastor Deborah. We're all first cousins. Amen. And so I'm not going to belabor. I'm going to let release her to, to share the word on tonight, however the Lord wants to use her so she knows once I'm off this line that she, you will not see me again. I'm going to have my um Bible and my, my notes so I can take notes and listen in and hear what the, what, what the Lord wants to say to the house on tonight. So with that, I say, God bless you, uh, pastor. Let the Lord use you. And um, we are excited to have you. Um, I'm overexcited and I know the heavens our parents and our grandparents, they're excited. Amen. And so um, we're going to release her right now. Now, y'all know Pastor kind of, you know, shaky with the, you know, with the social media. So if I hit some buttons, y'all just be patient because she's going to come up. Amen. With the sound. So God bless you. And um, I'm going to release Pastor Debbie. Amen. All right. Let me get myself out of here. Praise God. And, um, 
I've got to get myself out of here and I'm going to bring her up. Praise God. Amen. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. And um, that's definitely a beautiful introduction. It's such a blessing um, to be able to come to you tonight. I'm so godly proud of her and what she is accomplishing with uh, Hope International Ministries is fantastic. And I will continue uh, to lift you guys up in prayer. But I bring you greetings tonight from New Covenant Christian Fellowship, where the senior pastor is my husband, Reverend Louis Ote. And like I said, I am so grateful for this opportunity to fellowship with you and to bring the word of God to you this evening. Um, tonight, um, our subject will be a crisis of faith. And I know if you have walked with the Lord long enough, you have hit a crossroad in your walk with God where some things have taken place in your life that you did not expect, some uh, tragic things sometimes, some heartbreak and some disappointment. And as believers in Christ, we all experience that from time to time. And sometimes if we're not careful, it can really shake up our faith. And we know that the devil is an opportunist. And when things happen in life, he is always there to try to bring destruction, to try to bring depression and any type of negativity that he can bring. But we have to understand when these things happen, that God will never leave us. He will never forsake us. The Bible says that God is on our side in Romans 8 and 31. So tonight I want to talk about a crisis of faith and how we can weather the storms of life when they come. So we're going to pray and then we're going to get into this teaching tonight. Father, I come before you in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I thank you and I bless you, God, for this opportunity to fellowship with my sisters and brothers in Christ. I thank you for Pastor Mary. I thank you for the vision that you have given her. And I pray, God, that you would just continue to bless her and the church members, Lord, that they would have a, a, a harvest of souls through social media, through their gathering together in their building. I pray, God, that your anointing would continue to flow through their lives. And Lord, that they would be able to accomplish everything that they desire to do for the kingdom of God. I pray, Lord, that you would bless this teaching tonight. Holy Spirit, we call upon you. We need you. I ask that you would put your words in my mouth tonight and help me to teach this lesson tonight. Bring clarity of thought. Open our eyes, Lord, to something things that we may not have even seen in the scripture tonight. We bless you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So our topic tonight is a crisis of faith. And the last dec decade of my life, in the last 10 years, my faith has been challenged in ways that it had never been challenged before. Uh, through various trials and, and tests and tribulations, uh, disappointments, uh, setbacks, I have went through a variety of different things that caused me to really take a deeper look at my faith. I'm learning through my walk with God to make the necessary adjustments. And, and as we go through this Christian life, there are going to be seasons of, of, of triumph, seasons of, of just, uh, victory. And then also there's going to be those valley experiences, things that are going to come uh, sometimes through our own disobedience, but sometimes just because life just brings trial and tribulation and these things will hit us and it will shake our faith. And we have to learn to make the necessary adjustments and continue to trust God regardless of what we're experiencing. And this whole uh, pandemic situation, I know so many people have been challenged. Uh, people who uh, love the Lord and people who don't know Christ have been challenged. And there probably are many that are discouraged and suffering. But thank God that we have a heavenly father. We have the Holy Spirit. We have God's word. So we can continue to stand in the midst of any type of trial that comes our way. But these uh, 
tests and trials that I dealt with. They forced me to examine my belief system and where my where my faith was lying at. Because many times we have misplaced faith. We have misplaced faith in people. We have misplaced faith in things and, and, and places. And when people fail us uh, and when life brings ugliness and all type of tragedy uh, and when things don't work out, and I know many of you have could probably agree with me, you've prayed about situations and it didn't turn out the way that you prayed and, and you don't understand why this thing happened or why that thing didn't happen. And we can have a crisis of faith. And sometimes we feel like giving up and we say, I've had enough. I, I can't take it anymore. And those are words that I have spoken many times during these times of trial. And I just got overwhelmed and I just said, I can't take it anymore. But I have learned that I cannot allow, and you have to learn this too. We cannot allow our emotions to uh, control us. We cannot allow these negative emotions when things go wrong to control us because our emotions cannot be trusted and they will betray us every time. Our faith must be placed in Jesus Christ. Our faith is only good as the foundation on which it stands on. That's why we have to be careful what we're building on that foundation. We have to make sure that we are uh, in the word of God and that we understand the scriptures and that we are praying and seeking the kingdom of God so that when these storms come, we have a good foundation laid. And even if our emotions try to act up and carry us in different directions, we will come back because we have the word of God hidden in our in our hearts. So our faith is only as good as the foundation it stands on. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand, the songwriter said, and in all other ground is sinking sand. Jesus said, if you have your uh, Bibles, you can turn with me to John uh, chapter 16 and verse 33. And Jesus said these words, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus was preparing his disciples because he was about to uh, go to the cross and he was getting ready to have his departure and go back to the Father. And he knew the type of situations and things that they would face. So he was trying to prepare their hearts for the trials and the tribulations that are come. And as believers in Jesus Christ, we have to do the same thing. We know that life, uh, bad things happen to good people. Bad things happen to bad people. Uh, it's, it's just life. And, and these things are just out there. And so we have to be prepared for the storms of life when they come. Um, even like I said, this uh, pandemic. It has totally rocked many people's world. Um, I mean, in my lifetime, I have never seen so many things change so quickly and affect the lives of so many people uh, globally. I mean, when it first took place and, and um, we're watching the news and then this thing could continue to progress and get worse and worse to the point things were shutting down and food supplies were, 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 were scarce and all these things that just like came upon us and, and then when it started affecting the church, where, where the church doors were closed, and we have to, had to be creative on how we were going to continue to share the gospel, how we were going to continue to keep the saints of God encouraged. And I thank God for social media. And, it, and this is the avenue. We're blessed tonight to be on social media and using the outlet of social media to be able to share the gospel. And it was a challenge for my faith because I never really did a lot of social media. And, and you know, we all had to, who had to jump out there in that, in that field, we had to grow up. But I prayed and I depended upon the Holy Spirit to help me make the adjustments. That's like I'm saying, when, as we walk this walk, different seasons of our life, there are going to be, we have to make adjustments because we have the world, we have the flesh, 
and we have the devil to contend with and, and things will happen in our lives. Our faith will be tested. And so we have to depend on God and make the necessary adjustments. And like I said, this pandemic has affected everyone from the White House to the church house to the rich folks, poor folks, black, white, Hispanic. It didn't matter who. This uh, COVID-19 was not discriminated against anybody. It was affecting everybody and how we live our lives. We are still trying to get back to a sense of normality in many areas of our life. But in the midst of all this chaos, the gospel is being spread via social media throughout the world. God has used this, this platform to allow us to share the gospel. People in India, we have made contact with people all over the world that we would have never had opportunity to do had not the churches been shut down and, and we had to use social media. So it is a blessing. And I think it behooves us to try to learn all that we can learn. This is a tool that the Lord has given us to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we need to try to use it effectively and learn as much as we can. The Bible says in James 1, 2 through 4, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. And that's something we don't want to have to go through, no test and no trial. But if you have been saved long enough, you know that this our life in Christ is not a series of, of mountaintop experiences. We do not go from one mountaintop to the next mountaintop, but there are valley experiences. And we, I know a lot of people teach, uh, you, you know, everything's about the mountaintop, but that is not reality. There are valleys that we have to experience. We, we cannot just stay on the mountain. The, the valleys is, are, is where our faith is tested. It's in those valley experiences when we really know what we know about the word of God. I have been in situations where I needed a God to uh, deliver me and bring me through a situation. And had I not experienced that low point in my life, I would never know God as a healer. I would never know God as a healer. How do we know that God is a healer unless we become ill? How do we know that God can provide our needs unless we end up in a situation with, with, with lack? So these situations, these, these valley experiences are good and they are part of our growth. God will, he will make us in the valley. He will put things in us in the valley. He will take things out of us in the valley. And so these experiences are good. Uh, he says here in John 16 again, 33, I, I say these things to you that in me, you may have peace, but in the world, you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Jesus has overcome the world. And because we are in Christ and if we let his word abide in us, we will overcome the world as well. We have to let patience have its perfect work that we may be perfect and mature, complete, lacking nothing. On this Christian journey, our faith is going to be tested. I mean, there is no way to escape it. Many times we've had um, incorrect views of our spirituality and God will show us exactly where we are. Many times we think we are way up here in our spiritual walk with God, when really we are not as mature as we think we are. And God will allow us to go. He will process us. He will process some stuff out of us, put some stuff in us by putting us through various trials and testing. It's a part of the journey. So we might as well be prepared for it. You're not always going to be on the mountain. Suffering is a part of the Christian walk. And I know a, little, a lot of people don't want to talk about suffering. Everything is about, you know, victory, victory. Yes, we do have victory in Christ, but we have to believe the whole counsel of God. Suffering is a part of this walk. We do suffer. So we have to count it all joy when these times of crisis come. 
However, this is usually not the response that we have. Many times when we are going through trial and tribulation, we don't jump up for joy. We don't get excited and start praising God. Many times we are in distress. We get upset and we begin to uh, sometimes draw away and back away from the things that God has called us to do. But we have to know how to respond, know how to navigate when these seasons and when these times of testing come. We are instructed to count it all joy and realize that these trials are going to produce maturity in our lives. In Hebrews 5 and 8, it says, though, though he was a son, we're talking about Christ, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. Christ suffered. The Bible says he learned obedience and he was perfect by the things which he suffered. There are some things that will never develop in our lives until we experience some type of trial and tribulation. There's some things that we will never uh, uh, let go of, some things that we will never move away from until God has to come in with his loving hand because he loves us. He comes in and he begins to do things in our lives to, to position us where he wants us to go. In James uh, chapter one, verse 12, it says, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. That is the key word here in navigating through these crises when they come in our lives. We have to learn how to persevere. Amen. We are living in the last days and no one can convince me that we're not. And perseverance is something that we are going to have to understand and hold on to and develop in our lives if we are going to fulfill the will of God for our lives. The enemy's assaults on us are going to increase. Things are not going to just get better. He's not going to back down because we are saved and in Christ, but he is going to continue to send his attacks and assaults. This is a part of the process. The closer and closer we get to the end, we know the Bible says perilous times are coming and we see it on the news. We hear it everywhere. We see it on social media. So we as believers in Christ, we cannot uh, back away or be afraid. We have to understand the times that we're living in and rely on the power of the Holy Spirit and learn how to persevere under these different type of trials. So what is perseverance? In the dictionary, it says persistence in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. I'm gonna read that again. Perseverance, persistence in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. We have to learn how to persevere. And this is where the enemy tries to come in and intercept the things that God is trying to do in our lives because we are experiencing sometimes difficulties and we are trying to persevere and he will try to come and magnify the trial or magnify the situation that we're going through and make it look like it's hopeless. But we have to know God. We have to understand his word. We have to be familiar with the scriptures and know the character of God. Know that God would never leave us or forsake us, that he causes all things to work together for good to them that love him and are called according to his purpose. No, he doesn't cause all the bad things that happen and all the horrible things, but he can take those negative things and he can take the good, the bad and the ugly, and he can cause it to work together for our good, because that is the type of God that we serve. Amen. It is pressing on persistence. It's pressing on stubbornly many times through tears. And I know many of us can probably identify 
with what I'm saying, when you are just tired, things have taken place and you feel weak and you feel like you can't go on, but there is something in the inside that will not let you quit. That is the power of the Holy Spirit in us. We have to learn how to tap into that power base, tap into the power of the Holy Spirit. When life is coming at us and, and bringing all type of pressure, we have to stubbornly, amen, sometimes through tears, sometimes through many tears, supplication and crying like Jesus did in the garden with loud crying and tears until we get that breakthrough and we have to continue to press on. Amen. First Peter chapter one, verse six through eight. In all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. And I know I have experienced them. I have loved ones. I have brothers and sisters in Christ that have went undergone tremendous trials that just cause you, your heart almost to stop. You don't even understand. And many times we don't understand. We do not know why the Lord permits certain things to happen, but we have to trust God anyhow and stand on his word. It says these have come, these trials have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, though, though now you do not see him, yet believing you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. We press on because we love God. No, we have not seen Christ in the flesh. No, we have not seen God manifest himself to us in our in our eyesight, but we love him because we, we walk by faith. We love his word. We trust the integrity of his word. We stand on the word of God. We walk by faith. This is a faith walk. Amen. We rejoice, even though we're going through these trials, we don't give up because there is something in the inside that will not allow us to quit. And I know many times, there's probably many of us said, this is it. I'm tired. I can't do it anymore. But the Holy Spirit will come and he will refresh us and he will stir up that gift in us. He will stir up our faith and he will cause us to continue to press on. In spite of all the things we go through and as believers in Jesus Christ, we go through things. We experience tremendous times of blessing and victory, but we also experience times of trial, times of disappointment. But in spite of all of that, we have an anchor in Christ. We continue to believe, even though sometimes it is difficult. Sometimes we have a crisis of faith, what I'm talking about tonight, because we do not understand why things happen or why things have not happened. I know there are many of us that have probably been praying for situations and praying and praying, and it does not seem like it's getting any better. And we can sometimes, if we're not careful, get discouraged. And we sometimes we ask God why, and there's nothing wrong with asking God why. Amen. We can question God. He may tell us why there is a delay and why he has not said yes. And then maybe he may not. So we have to trust in his faithfulness, trust in his sovereignty and in the integrity of his word. We have to depend on God. We cannot, uh, uh, we can't force his hand. We can't uh, manipulate God. We have to, if things are not going the way we think they should, we have to make the adjustment and hold on to God's word and wait patiently for him. Amen. In Matthew 4 and 4, it says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We cannot live based on emotions. 
We can't live based on uh, seasons of ups and downs. We have to live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. If God has said it in his word, we can, that settles it. We can hold on to it because God is never going to violate his word. If he has said it, that is a promise that we can hold on to. We have to stand on his words, stand on the scriptures that he has given us and trust him until we see the, the results that we want to see. It is not always easy to do this. It's not always easy because I've had situations where I it, it set me back so far and that I got to the point I was just I was just so despondent because of a situation. But I had to get out of it. I had to fight my way back and get in the word and realize that, you know, God, you never he never promised us that everything's going to go our way. But he has promised us peace. If you get in the book of Philippians, chapter four, he has promised us that if we pray and that if we supplicate and we come before him with thanksgiving, he, he has promised that he would give us peace. He never promised us that everything was going to go the way we wanted, but he says we qualify for one thing, and that is peace. He promised to give us peace that surpasses all comprehension, and he promised that it would guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. He didn't promise that he was going to answer the prayer or he's going to do something that we wanted to do, but he did promise us the thing that we qualify for, and that is peace. Amen. Some things we may never understand on this side, not until we get on the other side and be face-to-face -face with Christ. Some things we will never understand. That's why we have to continue to live and walk by faith. There are scripture references of those who experienced a crisis of faith and spoke out in frustration and distress. So it happens. Sometimes we get in a situation that's so stressful that sometimes we will speak out in that distress and in that time of trial. Job experienced a crisis of faith. God had permitted Satan to destroy his children, his wealth, his health, his crops, livestock, and his friends accused him of sinning and his wife out of her pain, told him to curse God and die. Amen. None of us have endured uh, what Job has went through. And none of us have had that type of trial in our life, I don't think. But Job did not understand why these terrible things were happening to him. He never, But in all that distress, in all the agony, in all the pain that he was going through, he never turned his back on God. Job was instructed to trust God's wisdom and God's character, and Job responded with humility and repentance. God restored back to Job what he lost. He received back his wealth. His He had 10 children after this trial, and he lived another 140 years. God restored everything back to him. Another person in scripture that comes to my mind is uh, Jeremiah, one of the major prophets whose name means appointed by God. He was called the weeping prophet because of all the things that he had to suffer. He experienced a crisis of faith. His assignment was to give the nation of Israel some harsh words from the Lord that they would suffer famine and captivity in the land of strangers. He had to pronounce God's judgment on them because of their wickedness. Because he took a stand to do, obey God. He, his name means appointed by God. God. God called him and he had him to be a mouthpiece and he spoke these judgments against Israel. And because of his stand and because of his obedience to God, he was physically assaulted, tortured, and put in a cistern. He was falsely accused and rejected by his own family while carried out 
his work for God. Sometimes when we are doing the work of God, people are going to come against us. The devil will raise up folks who will come against you, lie, and do all types of things to, to attack your character. But that's a part of the part of the territory. Sometimes we have to carry that cross and that burden, but we still have to do carry out the work of God in spite of the trial, in spite of the pushback, in spite of the negativity that comes. We have a mandate to carry out God's work. God has a call on our lives. And there's not one person out here who is a part of the body of Christ that does not have a, an assignment, does not have a call. Some of us are called to ministry, but there are different areas of service. God has put a call on everyone's life and it's our uh, responsibility to develop it and to carry out his work, amen, while we are still on this earth. Jeremiah in his crisis told God, he said, God, you deceived me. And he said, curse is the day in which he was born. He was so upset with God. He told God, you deceived me. He had this, he was, a, he was appointed by God to proclaim God's uh, judgment. And, and he was attacked and hurt and, and, and beat up because of it. And he was so, he had a crisis of, of faith. He said, God, you deceived me. Can you imagine telling God? And you know what? God wasn't upset when he listened. He said, you deceived me. He said, curse is the day out which I was born. And he did not want to even mention God's name anymore. But God's word was in his heart like a burning fire shut up in his bones. He said he was weary of holding it back and he could not. And that's why I'm telling you, we have to persevere. Many times we get shaken, our, the foundations get shook up a little bit, but we're going to keep holding on. Even though we may uh, we feel a little uh, afraid and and a little discouraged, we have to shake it. We have to fight it off, get in the word and keep on persevering, amen. God's word was like fire in Jeremiah's bone. He said, it's like fire shut up in my bone. He couldn't hold it back. And you know what? When we have the Holy Spirit in us and the word of God, when the devil tries to come against us and try to make us take it back, we can't shut up. We can't stay home. We can't stop proclaiming the goodness of the Lord. We can't stop loving our people who are unlovable, people who do us in, people that lie on us and malign our name. The Holy Spirit gives us that power to love them anyhow, to stand on God's promises and act like Christ would act in those situations. Amen. But when we are experiencing these crises, we are not alone. When we experience this crisis of faith, we see examples of scripture where men of God suffered discouragement, suffered fear, depression. And I have quoted Elijah's words. I can't do this anymore. Lord, Lord, and, and just, you know, I, I'm ready to stop. But the Lord's grace and his mercy continued to help me on my assignments and on my life's journey. There's times when I'm tired. There's times when I feel like I can't go on. God may send a song. God may send a word. I may hear a sound. Somebody may proclaim some scripture and it will bubble up in my spirit and it will give me hope and give me the courage to continue on this journey. Amen. When Elisha was uh, in, in depression and running away from Jezebel after that great it's, it's amazing how he had this great victory with the, with the prophets of Baal, destroyed them. And then Jezebel sends word that she's going to kill him. And then he just runs in fear and just runs away. And then he's sitting around in depression. And it makes you wonder, how can that be? But many times when we have had great victories, 
We've had great miracles. The devil will come at us and we'll go from the mountain and drop down to the valley in, in despondency. That's why we can't trust our emotions. One day we're up, one day we're down, one day we level with the ground. That's why we can't put any confidence in our emotional states. We can't trust our emotions. When our emotions are, are acting crazy and going everywhere, we have to stand on the integrity of God's word. We have to call, call out to the Holy Spirit so that he can bring balance, bring us back to a center, back to the word, back to a, a, our focus on God, back to the scripture. Amen. But God ministered to the prophet Elijah's physical needs when he was depressed and running from Jezebel. And sometimes when we are under distress, the most spiritual thing we can do is to get some rest and replenishment. A lot of times that's what we need. We need to shut the shut away from everybody and quiet ourselves and get some rest and get some nourishment and replenishment. I had an experience early in the spring when I was so discouraged about something and just overwhelmed with some of the things that was going on. And I was in the middle of trying to do something and I just couldn't, I just was overwhelmed. I had to stop what I was doing. I went into my bedroom and began to listen to some worship music on YouTube. And the Holy Spirit allowed me to find a, some worship music that I used to listen to years ago. I'm talking about years and years ago. And I found these songs on YouTube and the Holy Spirit began to minister to me through, the, through, the, through, the, through the, the words that were being sung, I began to weep, I began to pray, and I began to just, I just prostrated myself on my bed, and I began to worship him. And you know what? We need to be alone with God. We can't afford to be so busy that we do not have time to spend with God. So we need to be alone with God so he can replenish us and refresh us. Life will suck out every positive vibe, every ounce of everything that you have in you. And that's why we have to stay before the Lord and allow the Holy Spirit to minister to us and to replenish it. I mean, he refreshed me. I was in that position for hours, just soaking in the praise, praying, repenting for allowing myself to get so distracted and away from his purposes that I got so distracted and had my eyes off of him and on my circumstances. And listen, my friends, we have to glance at the problems, but keep our focus on the Lord. We cannot give all our attention to the problem. Oh, we don't deny that they're there, but we're going to glance at them, give them a side eye. Amen. And we're going to keep our focus on the Lord. Amen. So we have to pray. We have to seek God so we can work through what we're dealing with when these times of testing and trial come, we have to continue to practice the spiritual disciplines. We should never stop practicing the spiritual disciplines of prayer, of fasting, of, of, of worship, of study, and of solitude. And then we can, we will we'll be in a position to trust and wait on God. Life will burn you out, my friends. Ministry will burn you out. Those who are pastors and teachers and people who are in ministry, ministry will burn you out. Being a parent, those of you who have uh, young children, sometimes you even have grandchildren. I had a whole season uh, of 2020, and 2019 and 2020, where my daughter had to move back home with two young children, actually a baby uh, that was uh, not even two and a, and a newborn. And my life turned upside down, but I had to learn how to make the necessary adjustments. Amen. So the challenges of life, can drain us emotionally, mentally, physically, and leave us with no energy and exhausted. And being mentally exhausted, I think sometimes is worse than the physical. 
but dealing with burnout and being unable to cope with the constant demands of life can wreck your mental health. That's why we have to spend time with God. We must allow him to replenish us. We cannot do this life on our own strength. If you want to see a miserable Christian, if you want to see a complaining Christian, you want to see an unhappy Christian, it is the Christian that's trying to live out the Christian life in, in their own strength. It is impossible. The Christian life was never designed for us to live it in our own strength. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. We have to stay vitally connected to the vine. We have to stay connected. He is our source of life. He is our source of strength. We have to depend on Christ. We have to depend on the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you want to see somebody miserable, it's a person out there trying to do ministry, trying to do things for God, trying to do anything apart from God. And you know what's going to happen. You're going to end up hitting a brick wall because your strength is going to be depleted and you're going to be flat on your back and in, and in a crisis of faith and despondent. And the God's going to say, now he's going to say, good. You didn't got you done lost all your power. Now let me give you some of mine. When we depend on the power of the Holy Spirit, He can help us overcome and deal with situations that will blow our mind. But we have to depend on the Holy Spirit's power to charge us up and to keep us running. Amen. Jesus practiced solitude. And we see in the scriptures that he would minister to people and then he would retreat to a quiet place to pray and to commune with the Father. So he is our example. We need to learn from Jesus' example of intimacy with God. This is something that, you know, we really got to get a grasp on the intimacy with God. That's what I experienced in that bedroom. I was so broken when I went in there and frustrated and I began to worship the God and I experienced such intimacy with God. I, I can't even begin to even explain it. It was just like he was right there in the room with me. And, and we were just, because I know he's inside of me, but he sometimes he will manifest his presence to us. He does not always do that because he don't want us always depending on the manifestation of his presence. But sometimes he will just uh, manifest himself that is so real you can feel and you can touch. It's almost like you can taste that he's there. The Bible says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blesses the man that trusts in him. God manifests himself in that room. And I'm telling you, it was something that I have never experienced. I have experienced before, but it had been a long time. It was like I was dry and the Holy Spirit, like a dry sponge. And he began to fill me back up. Amen. Steal away in your house. If you cannot physically get away, sometimes we have to just get away from people. I know many times we have family members and children or just people that we live with and we can't get away, but you have to find a way to steal away in your house, even if you can't get away physically. The word no and the word I'm not available is okay. We do not have to always be available for everybody's needs. People will suck the life out of you. They'll suck the, the every ounce of strength out of you if we permit them to do so. So saying no is not wrong. The Holy Spirit, ask the Holy Spirit to give you discernment when you need to move and when you need to just back away and be still. Our spirits need to be fed. Our bodies need to be cared for as well. We cannot push and push these bodies and not take care of them and not exercise and not eat properly and not rest. We have to rest. We have to exercise. We need the proper nourishment so that everything is in balance, so that we are in position spiritually. We're in position. We're in position emotionally. All of that working together will do wonders for us. We must plant the seed of the word of God in our lives daily. Cry out to him in prayer and worship. We have, we cannot neglect 
And as the scripture said, or we said earlier, man cannot live by bread alone. You can try it if you want to, but you're going to end up falling flat on your face. We have to depend on every word, every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Try to do whatever is humanly possible to remove people and things that are in the way of your peace of mine. Sometimes God will minister to me, like I said, through a song, but most times I've been blessed to be able to get in my garden. I'm an avid gardener and I and I'm sorry that the season is ending now. So I have to I have to find creative ways, I mean, to keep my peace and you know learn. I'm going to be on YouTube learning things and watching ministry on YouTube and just you know, looking at different social media things and, and getting uh, information and, and learning and growing in my faith. Uh, but God will minister to me in that garden. And I sense his presence. And I know many gardeners that I talk to, I have a, a gardening page called Gardening with Deb on Facebook. And I listen to the other people say the same thing, how they sense God's presence in the garden. Now, you may not be a gardener, but you may have a corner. You may have a favorite chair. You may have a spot in your house that you can sit and curl up and sit on daddy's lap. Amen. And pour your heart out to him and, 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 and read the word back to him and pray to him and allow him to minister to you. But you may may not have a garden like I do, but you can find a spot. But he encourages me in that garden as I meditate and I listen to his voice in my spirit. I sense his presence there. I sense him. I've had some of the best uh, messages <laughs> in that garden, the, some of the greatest rebukes, God snatching me bald headed in that garden and showing me things about my character that need to change him encouraging me, giving me hope and, and, and allow me to see uh, things that I may have not been seeing properly in a new new light through the lenses of his love and through the lenses of his word. And I'm telling you, he ministers to me in that garden. It has been documented that gardening reduces cortisol levels as a chemical in our body. And it says that it reduces cortisol. So I know when I'm out there that the Lord is ministered to me, I sense that still small voice, that gentle whisper from God and it encourages my heart. He will gently speak to our hearts and it has tremendous power to heal and strengthen us. We must be still. This is something you have to make a decision to do, to be still and to quiet yourself before him, especially when you're going through storms of life. Be still and know that he is God. In my closing, I'm going to read Psalms 16 verse 7 through 9. It says, "O Lord, I will bless the Lord." Who, who has given me counsel. My heart also instructs me in the night seasons. God will instruct our hearts in the night seasons. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope. Let's pray. Father, I thank you tonight for this teaching. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for just a uh, opening up your word to us and showing us how important it is for us to spend time with the Father, to spend time with prayer, to practice these spiritual disciplines. Thank you for showing us that we that we have to be still before you and we have to quiet ourselves and prepare for the storms that we that are inevitable. He that liveth in this world is going to suffer persecution. Anybody that lives godly in this present age the Bible says we'll suffer persecution. We're going to go through trial. But God, I thank you that you are teaching us to have discipline, to have solitude, to practice these spiritual disciplines that are laying a foundation that are going to protect us 
when we get in that valley, when we come down off those mountaintops experiences and we are dealing with the trials and tribulations of life, those disciplines, those things that we ate on the mountain are going to help us in the valley. We thank you. God, I praise you for your goodness. Help us to fully rely on you. Holy Spirit, we need your help in these trying times we're living in. Teach us how to navigate through the storms. Our hope is in you, Lord, and we bless you. I thank you for Pastor Mary. I thank you for Hope International Ministry. Father, please continue to help them to fulfill the assignment that you have for them. Lord, help them to stay in position spiritually, physically, mentally. I thank you, Lord, for the presence of the Holy Spirit on their ministry. And I pray that the grace of God will continue to bless them and use them in this time as the kingdom of God is advancing. Blessings and peace upon them in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a blessed evening. Thank you for your time and God bless you until the next time. Good night. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.